know that you are known and loved? You know, sometimes we don't let people get to know us completely and up close and personal because we are afraid that they will discover something about us that they won't like. Well, stay with me. We're going to continue our discussion about the sanctity of life and how we are known and loved by God and what that truly means. Hey friend, welcome to the Shattered in a Beautiful podcast. I'm Jeannie Smith. If your heart is hurting, no matter what your circumstances are, there is only one healer. Through biblical content, I will teach you how to experience whole healing and soar into great purpose. So let's get into today's show. Grab your favorite coffee, journal, and Bible. It's time to dig in and unwrap your gift. Hey friends, welcome back to the show. So today we are picking up our discussion again from last week about the sanctity of life. And if you didn't get to hear last week's episode, it was episode 16. Go back and check that out. Actually, I realized it's missing from some of the platforms out there for podcasts. So hopefully you were able to hear that. If not, hopefully it will resurface again. But at any rate, we have been talking about Psalms 139. And today, I'm going to just begin breaking down some of those passages for us and soaking in the fact that we are known and loved by God. So Psalms 139.1 says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. And sometimes we don't let people get to know us completely because we are afraid that they might discover something about us that they won't like. So we walk around wearing masks and We walk around actually impersonating someone that maybe we really aren't, you know, externally, there's a different picture than what's going on internally. And it certainly was the case with me and my abortion experience. I mean, man, I hid it deeply. It was my greatest secret. Nobody knew anything about it. And I wanted to be liked. I think all of us do, don't we? We we, we were, were created with this void in our heart to be loved. The one that we need to be loved by and the one that we are loved by was our creator. We are loved by God and there's nothing that can separate us from God's love. Nothing. So I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be loved. I wanted to be approved. And I had spent my childhood and young adult life desiring this. So the painful secret of my abortion would surely disqualify me from these desires, right? To be liked, to be loved, to be approved, right? At least that's what I thought, but that is not true. That is a lie. That is a sin. So I wonder what yours is. I wonder what your painful secret might be that is keeping you locked in shame and bondage. I wonder what lie the enemy is speaking to you. And I pray that today that would begin to be broken off of you because those are lies. So during this search to be known and loved, Guess who I discovered? Jesus. And then one day, God gave me the opportunity to search and know Him. And when I discovered His full character, it changed my life and relationship with Him. The truth is, God already knows everything about us. He knows the numbers of hairs on our head. That's what Matthew 10.30 tells us. He knew all about my abortion already. You know why? Because He was there. He's the Elroy the God who sees. So immediately, my baby immediately went into his presence. And although my sin of abortion broke his heart and my heart and disregarded the plans that he had for my life 
and disregarded the sanctity of life. Even though all those things happened, at the same time, God still looked upon me with nothing but love. His love. I mean, man, I am deeply comforted by this truth. And I pray that you are too, that no matter who you are, where you've been, what you've been through, what you're currently walking through, no matter what dark place that you're in, no matter what dark sin that you may have been a part of, be comforted by this too, that God is with you. He sees all things. Nothing is hidden from him and he still loves you. God knows the secrets of your heart. That's what Psalms 4421 tells us. And he loves you and accepts you all the same. He knows who you are in public and he knows who you are in secret. He knows your fears, your desires, your hopes, your regrets, your pain, your sins, and your dreams. And he doesn't accept our sin because God is not sin. He does not live in sin, but he does accept us and forgives us of our sin. God is all-seeing, all-knowing, all-holy, all-present, all-powerful. God knows us like no one else, like no other. He knows us, and his greatest gift is to allow us to know him. Do you know that you are deeply cared for? Psalms 139.2 says, You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You know, have you ever felt misunderstood or had a hard time expressing your thoughts? Because our God understands our thoughts. That's what it says in Psalms 94.11. says the Lord knows the thoughts of man. Before our thoughts are even comprehended by us, before we can even understand our thoughts, it says that God already knows them. So even to those we find ourselves closest to, best friends, maybe a close family member, whatever it may be, a close co-worker, even for someone close like that to us, it can still be difficult to be understood. It can be difficult to share our thoughts, to express ourselves, our fears, our insecurities. Sometimes we can have a difficult time doing that even in marriage. Why? Because we are afraid that we will be misunderstood or even worse, wait for it. Here's this word that we've talked about so much before in the past, rejected. You know, because rejection is so painful. So we just keep our thoughts to ourselves. We isolate. We guard ourselves. But there is good news. God knows all our thoughts, and by Him we are never rejected. And there is not a time when He won't accept us just the way that we are. So every movement that we make, He is there. He sees it. He sees us. We are never alone. The most common but yet most necessary movements of sitting down and rising up are noted here in this psalm. In those times, all of those times, minutes, moments, seconds are accounted for with God. Can you even begin to imagine someone being that interested in you? Not an action is lost or a thought overlooked. You know, when we look at the big scheme of things of everything that God has created, you know, just by his hand, nothing is impossible for him. And by his outstretched hand, we see all of earth, all the world created. It was made for him, by him, and through him. But yet we see these tiny miracles of care that he provides for us, that we encounter 
daily, every day, what a great shepherd he is. Just take a moment and just soak in this truth and worship and thank him. And I hope it just brings a smile to your face when you think about a God so significant that he cares about all the tiny and small little details of your life as well as he does the large and big details of your life and how much he loves you and cares for you and wants the only best for you. So through these scriptures in Psalms 139, we're looking at this whole chapter here, we're learning more about God and how special we are to him, these beautiful treasures, how he knit us all together individually, uniquely in our mother's womb. Well, why did God create human beings? Like, you know, in the very beginning in the book of Genesis, he said, it's not good for us to be alone. God wanted to populate the earth so that we all could bring glory to him. We exist to bring glory to him and that we were all, no matter who we are, where we come from, what color we are, what what culture we come from, what part of the earth we come from, from, we were created to bring glory to God. That's why he populated the earth. That's why he gave women this gift of being able to bear fruit and bring miracle, bring life into existence here on earth. Why? To bring glory to him. So we're all created in the image of God. We all walk around as image bearers. If we were to look in the mirror, we would see ourselves yes but we see something deeper we see our creator we see that we were created by him for him through him to bring glory to him so he has so acquainted with us in psalms 139 2 it says you comprehend my path and my lying down and you are acquainted with all my ways you know this is when i read this i reflect upon my own life and i can't help but think of the mothers and the unborn babies in which we serve at the pregnancy center And yes, those in which we make every attempt to save, both spiritually and eternally. And so many stories will flood my mind when I think about this. Just about how God is so acquainted. Every situation, every story, every woman that walks through that door, God already knows the details of her life. He already knows what's going on. And he has a great purpose and plan. He knows and watches carefully over our pathways. It says in Proverbs 15, 3, that the eyes of the Lord are in every place at all times, keeping watch on the evil and the good. So each time that I've entered into a counseling room, my mind returns back to my own time of crisis. And I quickly remember the fear and the confusion and the vulnerability that I was experiencing. But I also remember later in my life, the grace and the wisdom of God that was there and how he extended that compassion and truth to me, that mercy to me. And most importantly, how he extended salvation to me, right? It's such a gift and how I desperately needed that. And all the times that I thought that I was alone and all the times where I sat alone in my pain, I was never alone. God was there. He was acquainted with me. He was acquainted with where I was and what I was feeling. He was acquainted with my tears. When I wept, he wept. God kept count of my tossings and my tears and he put them in a bottle. That's what Psalms 56, 8 says, why? Because he loved me so much. There was nothing that I went through that day. There's nothing that I've gone through any day. No painful experience that God was not acquainted with. He was there. He knew my path. He knew that ultimately I would be sitting here right now, even speaking to you. 
not only does God know our thoughts, but he knows our words. In Psalms 139, 4, it says, For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. So again, God has perfect knowledge of us, and all of our thoughts and actions are open before him. Oh yes, he takes strict notice of every step we take, every word we speak, every person we keep company with. He knows what is in our heart. There is not a bad word or a good word that comes from our mouth that he does not know the very thought from which that word came from. In other words, he knows what is said and what is meant. Whatever we do, wherever we go, whatever we speak, we are under the eye and hand of our sovereign God and creator. Just think on this for a moment. God is the one that gave us the very power and ability to even utter a word, to speak it. We were given this gift, this ability to communicate, to encourage one another, to worship, to pray, to give thanks to him. Wouldn't it be a wonderful world if we all used our tongues to do only these things? Although we strive to do so, we battle with the flesh. We have three enemies, right? Our flesh, the world, and Satan. So I like to call um, little messages that I get from the Holy Spirit when he speaks things to me and he says, say this or do this. I like to call those angel scrolls. They just kind of drop right out of heaven and when I hear those things, I begin to speak those things divinely to those around me. Or sometimes it's just to edify my own self in the privacy of my quiet time with the Lord. But again, we speak those things. We pause, we listen, we process, and then we speak, or at least we should be doing it that way. And if we speak what the Lord tells us to speak at the appointed time, guess what? It will change lives. It will save lives. So as much as he knows our words that we speak, he also uses us as vessels to give us words to speak. And he is our protector. Psalms 139.5 says, You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. So God closely not only watches us, but surrounds us with his presence. So there is no way of escape. His love is enveloping us all the time. He is all sin and all provident. He keeps us with a strong hand. His upright, righteous hand is always over us, around us. In thy sight, in his sight, and under his power, he is Jehovah Nissi, our banner, a banner of love. Just think about that. His banner of love and protection surrounds us like a bubble all around us. And we can have the assurance of his presence wherever we go, wherever we go. I mean, we are alive because of the power of Jesus Christ. In him alone do we live and have our being. Because why? We were created first by him. And matter of fact, receiving him as Savior, we get to eternally live forever with him through the power of Jesus. So in him alone do we live and have our being. You know, there's a little hymn that says, without him, I would have nothing. But with him, we have it all. Without him, I would have nothing. Without him, I'd surely fail. Without him, I would be drifting like a ship. 
without a sail. But with him I can have all things, and with him I will not fail. Have you heard that little hymn? I just love that. And, you know, I'm not that great of a singer, but hey, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I better stick to speaking instead of singing. But hey, it's my podcast. I get to do what I want to do, right? But the point is, with him, we have it all. As humans, we want to see God's protection keep us from all harm. We have a desire for that. We want to, there's something in us that, you know, we just want to be protected as wives, we want to know that our husband is watching over us and protecting us. But overall, it's God that's watching over us and protecting us. Yes, that God would stop all evil that would come against us and come our way, that would harm us, that would harm our families. But we must remember that we live in a fallen world where we have free will. And sometimes God works in ways that we do not understand. Sometimes God's protection comes in the form of peace and strength in the middle of despair because God sees the bigger picture. Sometimes we go through hard times and we think, oh, if God was good, why did these things happen? But again, we live in a fallen world, but God sees the bigger picture. He sees something more on the horizon that we can see, you know, and think about it. God cares for you. The scripture we already shared, he holds the tears. Every tear you cry, he holds in a bottle. That's how much he loves you and cares for you. Do you think when you get angry that God might get angry over the same things? Do you think when you grieve that he grieves? Do you think when you cry, he cries? Do you think that when you get full of despair that God might walk in that despair with you? Do you think that when you feel lonely that God might feel lonely with you? Do you believe that God is just right there with you all the time? When you weep, he weeps. Because Jesus knows and understands what we walk through on this earth. He's been there. And he mediates for us before the Father for these things that we walk through in our life. And there's such great mercy and compassion that falls upon us. And we just have to know that in the midst of bad things, God is still good. He is still good. And there is a purpose and plan for everything. He will bring good out of every situation. We have to trust him. We have to trust him. And we have to know that nothing, nothing ever can separate us from his love. I mean, these things that we're talking about today, it is so, you know, Psalms 139.6 says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain it. And it is so true. We cannot attain this kind of love that we're talking about. It is too vast. It's immeasurable. In this verse, King David is expressing the knowledge of God and that it's too wonderful for him to understand. This is David, a man after God's own heart. And as much as he tried to understand, he just couldn't. And he is stating here that his human mind cannot attain it, cannot imagine it, cannot comprehend it. It's beyond his reach. It surpasses all powers to comprehend it. There is a deep sense that David is struggling with, even finding the words to express it in this psalm for us, the depth of God's love, because God is so majestic, so wonderful. And there are no words in our vocabulary to truly describe him. And I also believe David soaked in joy as he himself meditated on the psalm 
as he is writing it. Of course, the most glorious God should be high above all knowledge. We have to attain, since we are such limited beings in comparison to the one who has gone before us, the one sitting on the throne of eternity. Through him, all things were created, through him and for him. David was worshiping God through this psalm. He was expressing the highest adoration possible that he humanly could offer to God in this psalm. And I challenge you to do the same thing. I challenge you to just sit and soak in the adoration, in the in the love that God has for you. And could that reflect back to him as you are a child bearer, the image of God? Could that just reflect back to him? Could you just glorify God in that and praise him for that? As you go throughout your day, using your hands and your feet and the gifts and talents that he has given you, can you just praise him for that, for even creating you? Our very life is a miracle with such unique, special care God did knit us together in our mother's womb. He created us for the ultimate purpose of praising him and building his kingdom. He created you through love, his love. He extended his love to you so that you might extend it to the world. Oh, Father God, we are so wonderfully thankful that you love us this much. And you are so wonderful that it is hard for us to express and understand, just like King David. As our eyes look upon your beauty, as our minds are renewed by your word, as our heart loves you, as our souls and spirits long for you, as we are graced every day with another opportunity to just breathe. Father, we praise you because you are so wonderful, so wonderful that we cannot attain it. We thank you, Lord, for loving us and for caring for us. And we give our hearts to you, Lord to worship, to praise you. Show us more ways to praise you, Lord. Show us how to look into the eyes of those all around us and see you, Lord. See another individual created in their mother's womb, an image bearer of Christ, that we may look upon them with love, just like you look upon us with love. And we give you all praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, as always, I have loved spending time with you. Next week, we're going to pick right back up and we're going to finish traveling through this Psalms 139 in honor of sanctity of life. And listen, I would love to know how I can pray for you. If you have not already joined our private Facebook page, Shattered in the Beautiful, go ahead and search for that and send a uh, request to join that group because I would love to be able to pray for you. And friends, I hope you have a wonderful week. Remember, I love you bunches and live life abundantly. If you like Mommy's show, leave a review. Hey, before you go, if this podcast has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to leave a review and subscribe to the Shattered in the Beautiful show. Next, hop on over to the Shattered in the Beautiful private Facebook group where you will find a network of friends with daily inspiration. You can reach me at JeannieScottSmith.com. And lastly, please share the episode or review in your social and tag me at Smith Evangelistic Ministries. I cannot wait to meet with you again. Stay tuned for more life-giving podcasts coming your way.